As we open the door to mystery and suspense, we see a light at the end of the hallway. A steady thump is not an unseen entity in the walls. It is your own heart beating. Come further and be enveloped in the light of Schlock Shock Radio. hallways and darkened passages, all connected in the twisted amalgam of stone-cold structures composing the monolith manor known as Moorwood. Creeping eyes do appear before you in the shadows. A murky, sinewy, pale gray chorus of hands stretch out to you from the darkness as you pass, the green eyes never breaking their stare as they burn deep into your back. The shiver down your neck is only a feeble warning, for your heart feels the grip of those hands, the hands of the dormant. Your blood freezes cold, threatening to render you paralyzed and vulnerable before your ultimate fate is savagely eaten away by their sharp, razor-thin claws. Escape from them as you must, and press on towards the dwelling of our fallen friends. These savage beings await their emergence from their locked and bolted sanctuary. Yet you, our valiant audience, must find your strength. Through the very walls you are able to pass, gaining access to the room where they have found temporary respite, for Larry Seaton, the mysterious stranger amongst them, has just revealed his terrible secret. Settle amongst our confused and terrified guests. Sit back and hear the tale that begins with the secret of... Chapter 5, The Black Box. From the distant future, in the year 2015, our hero has laid claim of his origin before the stupefied remainder of the Moorwood Manor Party of 1935. Having demanded the truth of him, they certainly have got it. Although, how much they are able to take of it remains to be seen until now. Larry, for a driver... I'm not one to bring my state of mind out into the open for those to pick apart. Having said this, I will gladly do away with that usual practice in order to tell you, quite honestly, quite literally, that you are the most ridiculous, full-minded, insane, horse bullpucky shoveling, whacked out, incredibly daft, unseemly miscreant, loony bin crazy massive weird, queer, duckin' ass put together, trickster buffoon should be locked up and throw away the key, madman, if you're going to have me believe that you're from the year 2015, 80 years in the future! I second that. Only really it's to avoid repeating all those descriptions. But yes, he's right on the nose about you. It can't even be possible. This travel through time, this traveling time doesn't make sense. I say we tie him up just like we did with Dodgy Philip here. He's cracked beyond his gasket. There's no telling what he'll pull next. Yes. Right next to me. Old friends reunited. Shut your rotted jaw before I shut it for you. All right, Larry. You had your fun. What else are you going to pull from your ass this time? Aren't you going to say anything? 
Emily, I haven't heard your deliberation yet. The others have made it abundantly clear. What do you have to say? It... I... (sighs) Prove it. Tell us why we should believe you. Starting with what's in your hand. The black box. That's right. The one you two were making such a fuss about. Here, let's have it. Give it to them, Seaton. Show them it's pretty light. Shut it, Philip. Now go on, Larry. Out with it. All right, all right. But it's not something I can just tell you about. I have to show you. If you'll permit me, I'll show it to you all. Please, Larry, don't delay. This is really serious. Okay, Emily. Will, Vera, Lucy, here. This black box, it has another name from where I... when I come from. It's known as... Yes? What? Spit it out. A phone. A what? A phone? Oh, good God. Here. Hold it. Here, you can take it. Take it. Emily, see for yourself. It's smooth. Small, but hard. What the hell's in it? About enough circuits and wires that you would astound any scientist you could produce in this age. For starters, despite appearances, this is what's known where I come from as a phone. A smartphone, actually. Smart? Phone? What's so smart about it? That isn't a blasted phone. No, not here. I don't imagine I could call anybody with it now anyway. But if I can demonstrate, I can show you something it has. Give it back to him. Who knows what that thing can do? Are you sure we should? Yes, I'm sure. Because it's ridiculous enough to make me laugh. Thanks, Emily. Here. I just have to turn it on. (gasps) Sorry, forgot to turn that off. What was that? It's not important. Look, here on the screen. It has a camera on it. Oh, good God. First it's a phone, now it's a camera. Please, do make up your mind what it is. If you would look at the screen, I'll show you what I have to prove something. Here. Hold it and move your fingers over the screen, like this. Oh, my God. What is... What are these? Pictures. Pictures of my time. Skyscrapers, technologies, lifestyles, communications, all yet to be dreamt of in your age, and will in time come to be. Everyone, take a look at these. They're astounding. Hmm. Might be good for a laugh. I want to see. That building. I've never seen anything like that before in my life. How did you get all the way up there? It was taken from a helicopter. We call it a helicopter shot. Heli- Helicopter. Here, that's remarkable. Is that a car? I've never seen anything like that. What do you call it? Uh, that's what we call a DeLorean. Good God. And those are the doors? (laughs) Knock your head clean off with those. My God. I know this place. There, that's Rockney Way. I know that street from anywhere back home. Oh, yes. Remember that bad business they had a few months back? During the summer? It was in all the papers. But the club, Club Soda, it's gone. It should be right here in the photo. In this very spot here, I know it. But it's not. Just a fence there. What's that little sign say? Here, let me zoom it in. 
I'll just move my fingers on the screen like this and... You made it bigger! Well, now I can read it better. Condemned. Like it was torn down. No, that couldn't be. They never mentioned the club being torn down. It's still there. What about the other pictures? Here, look at this. What the... That can't be. It's... It's more wood. But it's... It's ruined. Look at the walls. All filled with holes. You can see through some of them. It looks like it was blown apart from the inside. Yet it's still standing. I took that picture right before my squad entered this building on the night of October 21st, 2015. Eighty years into the future. Your squad? The one sent in to deal with this place. Or more to the point, what was in this place. Oh, this is all hysteria. Why in heaven's name, which I don't use fairly often, should we believe a few fancy pictures in this flippant story? Because of them. The dormant. All of those deadly creatures we found in this place. They're the ones who brought me back. We did not bring you back. What the hell? You are an anomaly light walker. You tricked the road of Sagath. The artifice was abused. What is he talking about? The road? Artifice? In 2015, an elite squad of well-trained operations officers, including myself, were brought to this mountain site with a group of researchers. What they were hoping to find was kept classified from us. Our only function was to get them into the place. You needed an army to get into that Swiss cheese building you showed us in the picture? It wasn't as simple as that. The place was guarded. By what, we didn't know. Until we encountered them, all over the place. Ready. They were waiting for us. Larry, what is it? We were brought to this site heavily armed, albeit in few numbers. Nobody understood why we were in such a small group, but it didn't take long for us to realize we were outnumbered, in guns and in strategy. Going further in, the truth came to us, through vicious circumstances. We were being led into a trap. What happened? One of our own, a researcher high in the ranks, had been to the site previously. That's how their work had started, apparently. It was he who put together the whole squad, choosing us seemingly at random. But then we discovered the purpose of our mission. The true purpose. Which was? The researcher had been taken over by the dormant. We had been sent into the slaughter with a wolf and a sheep's lab coat. He had been possessed long enough to organize a return to Moorwood with more viable candidates, more lambs to sacrifice. Enough with the petty poetry and get to the point. I still don't get the sheep wearing a lab coat. My squad was meant to be taken over by the dormant. That's how they survive. One or more individuals who find this place are taken over, their souls ripped out through their backs to have one of those dormant crawl right inside of them to pull the strings. Once they take over a body, they go back to civilization and gather more people to follow them back to Moorwood. And one by one, their numbers are maintained. It's monstrous. It's remarkable. It's what we're doing here, isn't it? Isn't that right, Philip? You and Gordon? You were the ones to find this place. You both have been here before. You were both these dormant all along. Is that why you invited us all here? To trap us? To change us into these monsters? 
I thought it would make a lovely weekend. I, I can't believe it. I think I'm going to be sick again. We were just cattle on this trip. Being led to die and live again. But why? Why take us over? Just to thrash about and survive? To thrive inside a desolate mountain? She's right. It doesn't make any sense. If they could go out to civilization and take any of us over, then why come back to this godforsaken rock heap? That's the tricky part to explain. Try, please, Larry. There's something down there. Inside the mountain. It was what the researchers were after. We were granted access to it only through an outer perimeter defensive. We were guarding it. But it was buried. Deep inside the mountain. They called it the artifice. Set deep in the stone caves. We saw it plain as day. I even got a picture of it. Here. Uh, let me show you on the phone. Uh, there. Let me see, Emily. Yes, let us see. Oh my god. It's towering. I've seen something like that. One time my uncle took me to the clock tower he worked at. There were giant gears and contraptions every which way you looked. Uh, that looks like it, only... only... bigger. It's uncanny. It's a big... giant... Machine. That's what it is. A big, giant machine in the mountain. But where did it come from? Who built it? Nobody knew. Everyone on the team, including the scientists, were in the dark. It didn't stop the rumors from floating around. Team members I knew claimed they heard outgoing transmissions to the cabinet offices. Coded, of course, but still decipherable. Reports started following one after another. They kept verifying the same result. Whatever it was, the machine was old. How old? Old. Ancient old. They didn't even come close to a rough estimate. It may have been even older than the mountain itself. That's not possible. It's not. If you're from our species, that is. What species are you talking about? I don't know. Some long, long, faraway race in time, some advanced civilization or culture before even the dinosaurs roamed the Earth, found a purpose of some unknown power, and through their cunning, devised it. What we found down there in this mountain was what was left of it. So not only do we have a man from the future here staying with us on a glorious sojourn, we also happen to be vacationing in a spot built by spooky spacemen. William, I've had enough. Drive us out of here somehow. Vera, hush up and open another bottle. I want to know more, Larry. This machine you found, what does it do? Well, it wasn't long before they began their tests. Function, structure, output, input, what have you. You don't have me. How and what were they testing for? Through electrical configurations and data supplementation, their abilities in pure academic fashion were trying to simply find purpose of all the ancient circuits, servos, gears, and mechanics in the only way they deemed appropriate. In other words... They tried to turn it on? Exactly. Holy bejesus. Sounds like a really adept body of professionals, if you ask me. The problem is, they did. What? They turned it on. But only after they discovered the true power source. Once they did, they found out what the machine was capable of doing. Which was? They called it 
chronal transplantation. Or simply put, time travel. Like what that fellow Wells wrote about. I thought it was Twain. You were correct, Lucy. In effect, it was capable of creating a reverse path through time itself, literally able to throw anything or anyone back to a previous year where the artifice still existed. You said 80 years to be exact. Yeah, how'd they manage to pull that number out? A probe was sent through the artifice's energy field, where the concentration of tachyon particles were most prevalent. Once they tried to pull it back, they discovered it snapped loose. It wasn't until then that one of my units spotted something nestled in the ground nearby that hadn't been there a few moments earlier. It was the probe, worn down, covered in dirt and dust, as if it had never budged for a whole lifetime. The scientists were able to save what was left of the data through a battery-powered sensor left mostly intact. It had been operating for 80 years and some odd seconds. That's when they knew. This still seems like a Pope Weekly scenario this boy is trying to pawn off of us as the truth. It's too fantastic to even be considered real. It's insane enough to feel real. But a man from the future? I can't wrap my mind around it. Larry, you have to give us more to go on. For instance, where and how would we be able to find this artifice? And what good would it do us against finding these dormant? Here, I'll do you one even better. I'll wager you that if you find this down in the cellar, it will lead you right to where those researchers led us. Look. It's a large metal door. Let me see. Yes, ornate looking. Ornate and green-like. Yes, green. Like the color of that blasted portal over there in the wall. Just like it. I've... I've seen that door before. Lucy? When I was in the cellar with Ethel yesterday, down near the wine cellar, after I saw that cage, it was in the wall, larger than life itself. I almost stopped running. Couldn't stop staring at it. Until... I panicked and ran towards the light from the stairs. I didn't remember, but it was there. Larry's right. I saw it. Perchance. Why not go down there and see it for yourselves? Alright. So now the pieces are slowly fitting together. Now let's find some more to work with. Starting with two things. The dormant. How are they connected with all this? And why exactly did you travel back all this way to 1935? To warn us? Once everybody in the mountain discovered what the dormant were about, that they had led us into a trap, I escaped. As to the reason why, I was the only one left after the rest were taken over. It was then that I knew what they were. I had no other choice but to stop them. What are they? It's cloudy in my brain what happened. Going back did something to my memories. I can't recall everything, but I do remember them. I remember the artifice, and I remember that they are connected. How? The artifice is very powerful, but like all machines, it needs power. You mentioned earlier about a power source. Whoever, whatever, has been using the artifice found a power source. The dormant. He will find his way home. Whatever it takes. The road will not be severed. Why does he keep saying that? The road, the road. Who is he? Something 
is controlling the artifice, something other. Even while we were conducting our research mission, it was watching us, waiting, biting, watching. Something else other than the dormant? You mean the one who built the artifice? We never knew, but we knew it was using it, or I did, by the time the dormant had taken over my whole squad. But I knew very well that it had found a unique purpose for the dormant well enough to turn the artifice on. The power source. Was the dormant themselves. Whatever it is, uses the dormant to find people. Subjects, I remember they called us. Subjects who will be able to survive 80 years in this mountain. 80 years? Again with the 80 years? Why 80 years? That's how long it takes for the power source to be used up. That's how long the dormant lasts. Enough time for the subjects they infect to transform, to turn. In 80 years' time, the infected live long enough to become short, bipedal, furry nightmares. They become the dormant. Wait a minute. Now hold on just a moment here. You mean to tell us that in 80 years from now, whoever one of us gets taken over by those little hellraisers, you mean we... we become those little hellraisers? Exactly. You were the next group of subjects, all of you. Selected by Gordon and Philip, you were led here to think it was an ordinary vacation. What you didn't know was that 80 years from now, you would still be here, lying in wait for my squad, my friends, to turn us into the degraded beings you would have already become. It was you. Some, if not all of you. In 80 years, you will have all become those savage beasts that we're fighting now. You, through no fault of your own, are the dormant. Oh my god. Good god almighty. I... I need a drink. Anything. My stomach's twisting. Can it really be so, Larry? How you tell it? Is it really the truth? If... If you are here now, before... Before, it must have been different. When we... When we were taken, turned, when we became those dormant, it was from a different time. One time where you didn't come back. One where you didn't warn us. Perhaps... Perhaps that's what can change all this. For every one of us. Yeah. Yeah. In some cotton-picking way, that makes sense. That's right. It could be we were all taken over at some point. But with Larry here, we've been given a fighting chance. A chance. A very meager one. Vera! No, she's right. Even though I'm telling you all this, it's not enough. It's just a smaller piece to a larger puzzle. The operator of the artifice, what was watching from the sidelines, it all comes down to him or it. Whatever you call it, it controls the machine. It controls the dormant and the path backwards. To what, I don't know. But that's just it. The missing pieces. I've laid it out as much as I can. There has to be a way. There has to be. <laughs> Good God. Why the hell is he laughing like that? <laughs> Philip, stop. This is unbearable. Stop it. <laughs> so long. 
So long we waited for you to show your hand. So long you stayed, and so long you traveled. You were right. He was watching you, and he knew your face. He knew you knew, and it was us who found the way. What way? What is all this? Depths. Depths. You knew our secrets down in the depths. How far down your knowledge went, we did not know. But now? Now you've shown your hand. We know what you know. We know why you are here. Care to tell us, Philip? Because I'm sure some of us got lost along the way. Enough talk. We need no more of your, how do you say, gab. Sigothagoth must go back. His road will continue. And now that we have seen your hand, you will witness ours. Isn't that right, my dear? Oh my god! Exceptionally right, Mr. Morley. Lucy! What are you doing? Put that gun down! Am I to think your fair Lucy would be so pliant as to follow your whims with such courtesy? No! Mr. Seaton, Larry, I'm very happy to have met you. Please excuse this regretful, rather hasty judgment to pass. But as Philip here has said, we now know what you know. Larry! Good God, she killed him! No, no! He's not dead! Larry! He's... he's not dead! He's not dead! But he will be. Slowly. I feel it fitting with all the time he's menaced us. Let the menace pass achingly, like eons. Just as our poor master has done. What the hell are you talking about? Why are you doing this? Put the gun down, Miss Combs. Please. Lucy, dear child, what the hell have you done here? He was a very clever man, Larry. We knew he'd crack once he trapped himself with trustworthy people like you. We designed it that way, all those years, and we finally wore him down. And now, lady and gentlemen, I am glad to announce your turn has finally arrived. Now don't move, any of you. You can come in now. Oh dear God, they're coming in. All of them. Those dormants. How? The door was locked. <laughs> oh, I unlocked that a bit earlier during our pleasant little chat in here. It's a neat little trick we can do, but you can't use the portals for everything. It just seemed more dramatic with the door. Same with the gun. It shouldn't be just left on the table like that where poor defenseless girls like myself can reach them. Please, Lucy, don't. Ah. Here are Edward and Gordon. We have the whole group together now. Save for poor Roger. Blasted bad luck he had to find me in the bathroom with you, Edward. Would you untie dear Philip, please? You can't be one of them, Lucy. You can't be. I saw your back. Not one... Scratch? Or scar, maybe? Poor Emily. I tried to give you a little clue. I couldn't resist seeing if you could figure it out, to see how much you really knew me. Alas, you knew my brother and didn't know, even with all your heartfelt sentiment, that I never had a brother. The bus. Back on the bus, I remember. You said your mother named you Lucy. Lucy, it was her second favorite name. She couldn't have any other children after you were born, but it wasn't, 
it wasn't her most favorite name. Lucy, it was... It was the name of your sister. Oh, poor, poor dear. If only you put two and two together when you examined my back and my false brother's scar. I assure you, my sister was just as mean as I let my quote-unquote brother be, but not as mean as I can be now. They're everywhere! We're surrounded those hideous abominations! Funny, I was about to say the same thing, but it's true. Vera, you always were most undesirable to be around in such tight and odious proximity. You wicked, wicked child! How dare you bring this, this filth to destroy us! These repulsive creatures, with you being one of them all along! Not quite, Vera, on all accounts. I merely began seeing things clearly the moment I stepped in Moorwood. Or rather, when I stepped inside its cellar. The cage, down in the cellar. You were the first one to find it. It was the first to find me. Think of it as a sort of ace in the hole, tucked deep down in the hole. That scar on your back. It wasn't like the others who were taken over. A plus for effort. Once that cage opened, and in turn opened me, I discovered something terrifying, atrocious, and absolutely wonderful. After all this time... All this misery in a hapless, put-down life, I felt for the first time. I finally had something worth doing. Ooh! Ooh, it was delightfully, wickedly fun to stir you all up with that portal. It really was! Some trick. You managed to turn us all against each other with it. <laughs> yes, yes, yes! Oh, marvelous fun! And you used it to murder Edward and Roger. I assure you, it was Fully my intention to take care of miserable Edward, but Mr. Seaton here was right. Roger did surprise me. I never meant to harm him. At least, not then. The portal opening and letting him in like that, that wasn't my doing. Uh-huh, like we're supposed to believe that. With a gun pointed at you like this, why would I need to convince you of anything? I wonder, though... Ethel was also in the cellar when I saw clearly for the first time. It's curious. I'll have to ask her myself. Miss Combs, you can't let this happen. It isn't in you to be against us like this. Not with one of those creatures nestled inside you. Lucy, you can't let your life end like this. Trapped forever in this place, rotting, decaying, degenerating... I would like to think of it as invigorating, intrinsic, and mostly, utterly, satisfying. Mr. Cleese, Edward, Mr. Richmond, Gordon, hold them. Stay back. Keep away from me, Mr. Cleese. Gordon, no, let go of me! Get off me! Let go! Hush, hush, sweet children. All will be well. Vera, get out of here! Go! I can't! They're everywhere! All this attention and you won't even give me an escort like Emily and Will. I suppose that's what Philip here will be doing next. On the contrary. Philip, take this gun. I won't be needing it. What are you doing? What? Why are you looking at me like that? Stop it! Keep back! Don't come near me! 
Come here, Vera. Come to me. I want to share something between us two girls. Stay away! Leave me alone! Vera, run! They're everywhere! Let me out of here! Keep away from me! Let me go! Come to me. Run, Vera! She's coming after you! Come to me, Vera. Let me see you. Come to me. Come to Lucy. Stop it! Stop chasing me! You're only making it worse for yourself. Miss Hamilton! Vera! Ugh. Let me go! Let go of my hair! Come here! Ah! Vera! Lucy, stop! By all means, if you say so, Emily. Down she goes. <gasps> my god, put her down, Miss Combs! Let her go! Vera! <laughs> oh, that was a nasty fall. Lovely table, too. And now look, you're bleeding all over the hardwood floor. <gasps> Vera! Oh, God! I, I can't. I, I can't. Oh, I love seeing you crawl, Vera. You know, it's quite fitting, actually. Vera, get up! Miss Hamilton! I can't breathe. Of all the people here on this mountain, Vera, you were the cruelest. And that's why, after everyone we took, I saved you for so long to savor this. Vera, no! That's it, Vera. No, no. Stay right here. Let's turn you over now, shall we? There. Now look, you've provided me the best seat in town, Vera. Right square down here on your chest. Get, get off of me! Miss Hamilton, Vera, I've been wanting to do this for a very long time. Vera! Lucy, no! Lucy! Lucy, don't! <laughs> Say goodbye, Vera. We'll be seeing you soon. Vera! Jesus, God! <sighs> that felt good. There, there. That's good, that's good. No permanent damage. Nothing she'll need. All taken care of. Good. God, Lucy. My God. <sighs> all in good time. All in good time. Well, now that that's over, I've saved the best for last. What do you mean? You two, of course. I saved you. Out of all these wretched, loathsome, and quite duplicitous folk, you two were the kindest, gentlest, and most protected of over dear little Lucy here. Let me see now. Stay back, Lucy. Ah, now, Emily, please don't cry. Believe me, it was cathartic exercise, what just happened here, and it's over now. And here we are, all together. And don't worry about Vera. She'll be back here with us eventually. It won't be like that for you, though, I promise. That... that was just an itch I had to scratch. Why are you doing this? So that we won't be missing all the fun. You said we were the kindest to you. If that's true, then what about Ethel? She treated you with the utmost respect anyone could ever give another human being. You and her were like family. Ah, yes. Poor Ethel. You know, if it wasn't for Roger allowing her to learn 
all that meddlesome knowledge of medicine and proper care, she might have been able to join you both. On the other hand, she was about to take her own life on account of Roger anyhow. So no matter how you figure it, it was our courtesy to help her along the way. Now, on to business. What? What are they doing? They're going towards Ethel and Vera. Stop them. Get them away from those two. I hardly think they're in any shape to argue your point, William. But I enjoy your sentiment all the same. What on earth are they doing? They're just climbing all over them. That's right. They have to find the juicy spot where they can begin. Kind of like a cat pawing the ground to see where it will lay. Isn't it quite beautiful, actually? There. They've found it. The one spot. Now, my pretties, time to roost. Oh my god. Those things. They're getting sick all over them. It's vile. That awful noise. Stop it. Oh, it's quite painless, really. Once you're dead. Just pardon their table manners. That was the worst of it for them. Now let the venom spill do its work. Eating away all the unnecessary blood. Can't have it leaking through clothing to give us away. Oh, God. I'm gonna be sick. They're back! It's like it's melting the skin right off their bones. And melting away even the bones. I call it easy entry. Mustn't use up too much of their strength. Poor things. I'm afraid I had to use up a lot of mine to speed up the healing of my back. Save for a nice big scar. Now, now here comes the fun part. That's it, that's it. Crawl right inside. Lucy, stop this. It's too much. You can't let them do this. My dear Emily, wouldn't you like to see your old friends again? Standing on their own two feet, ready to greet their new day. I expect you'll be able to witness just that very soon here. Have to get situated. It's like a new dinner jacket. Just have to sort out the wrinkles and then Eureka! There, you see? Just like new, with little wear and tear. Good heavens. They're standing up. Like wobbling puppets. It's not exactly snug. You'll get used to it, Ethel. You look marvelous. And Vera, nice to see you again. Voice hurts. Oh, sorry about that, Vera. I might have been a bit too hard on your throat a little while ago. It'll be alright as rain soon. You monster. You devil. You can't expect us to go along with this. No, but you'll be coming along with us very shortly. The show can't end here with all of this mess. We'll be taking a field trip. Aren't you forgetting something, Lucy? You were so desperate to get the bodies, and yet you're leaving one right there by your feet. Oh, you mean Mr. Seaton here? He's a special dispensation. What we'll do with him will require time. Oodles and oodles of time. But for what we're about to embark upon now, you two will be the audience privy to sights unforeseen and unimagined. Oh, it'll be such a delight to see the looks on your faces. You won't win, Lucy. I'm telling you now, through all of what you've done, through all of this, you won't win. That, my dear Emily, is not for you to decide. That is for the wondrous, ageless traveler and master to decide, and his decision has been made for quite some time. 
Philip, Ethel, Vera, prepare our guests for transport. The field trip has begun! You haven't said where you plan on taking us. Oh, haven't I already told you, Emily? I want to go home. It's not far at all. Down the depths of this very mountain, into the foundation where Moorwood stands, below ages of respite and darkness, onto the keeper and into his hands. Down in the depths? Yes, Emily. Through the pretty green portal down in the cellar, and below the cellar to the caves, and in the caves, we shall greet the master face to face. Come, my friends, it is time to at last meet Saigothagoth. Tune in next time when we visit this macabre tale amidst the shadowy halls of Moorwood, again in the sixth and final thrilling chapter, Road to Sigalfagoth. Schlock Shock Radio, in association with Midnight Prestige. Tonight's presentation, The Dormant, was written and created by Nathan Pinsonalt, starring Stephen Snowden as Larry Seaton, Stacy Pinsonalt as Emily Taylor, Scott Gliney as Philip Morley, Genesis Rodriguez as Lucille Combs, Chris Jarowski as William Landor, Owen Pano as Roger Brady, Dore C. as Ethel Brady, Alex Jules James as Vera Hamilton, Nathan Pinsonalt as Edward Cleese, Schlock Shock Radio Introduction by Sean P. Metty, and I, Anthony Gavtakis, your humble narrator. Until next time, stay out of the dark. Mm-hmm.